welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves, and today I have some guests with me. So let's welcome back Shantae and also welcome Chantel. Hey, ladies. Hey, Mika. Morning, Shantae. Hey, how y'all doing? All right. So usually we start by catching up on the week, but we're going to do that during the topics portion. So let's just go ahead and jump into Motivational Monday. So for a motivational Monday today, uh, I have a quote here. Let me just pull this up. Okay. Our greatest glory is not never falling, but in rising every time we fall. So also for uh, Black Excellence, my Black Excellence is pretty much the same as last week. Um, I pretty much want to just say that, um, you know, for everyone that's in the calls, just keep pushing forward. Uh, we see you and we celebrate you. And that's anybody that's on the front line. It could be anybody that's giving donations. It could be anybody that's just... Um, using their social media platforms. Um, but either way, uh, we see you, we celebrate you every day. And, and um, I feel like with this cause, it, I feel like this time it may be doing something and maybe making change. So um, let's just continue to do the work in whatever way that you're doing that. Um, all right, so that's all I have for Black Excellence. Um, so let's just go into what's going on with everyone. So um, Shantae, Chantel, I have you guys on. Um, so how has it been for you guys this week? I know, Shantae, if you want to go first. Uh, sure. Um, I've been fine this week. I have been more conscious about limiting my time on all social media platforms. Um, just trying to focus more on being a mom and a wife, um, we did drive through downtown Greensboro yesterday because it's really nice outside. And so it was really beautiful to see all of the different artwork that people have been doing um, as far as activism and letting us know that our lives does do matter. Um, it definitely sparked some um, creativity and the in my son. So he wants to go downtown and he wants to put his stamp on some of the, the wood that they have boarding up some of the buildings. And so I told him, sure, um, you know, any kind of way that he wants to do his part. He's still very young, but we've been able to sit him down and talk to him a little bit about it so he understands and so that's kind of what I've been focusing on focusing on things that I absolutely can control and just kind of um not drowning out but being mindful of how much I expose myself and my family to the things that I can't yeah I think that's important um what about you Chantel uh, I would definitely have to agree with a lot of what Chantay has said. I think for me personally, um, I have been angry. And then I kind of bounce back and forth between anger, being nonchalant, kind of having this feeling of how can I contribute and is there really going to be a change that sticks? Um, I did go downtown yesterday as well. I just wanted to take the kids to see like some of the aftermath of what has happened with some of the 
protesting and some of the rioting. Um, and it's been bittersweet. The the vibe downtown was definitely positive. It was definitely one of hope. It was definitely one of togetherness. Um, I did see some protesters downtown uh, chanting and, you know, they were doing so peacefully. So um, I thought that was a good thing. Um, but I feel like this is a really good time for all of us to really channel some of the anger that we're feeling towards um, some results. Like, what is it that we want to happen? Um, how do we want it to happen? And how can we be a united front on that? So um, just trying to manage my emotions, like Shantae said as well. Uh, there's a lot of different information, um, a lot of different feelings around what's been happening. And some of it, a lot of it has been negative. Some of it has been positive. Um, so just managing my own energy and trying to uh, continue to maintain my own inner peace and balance as we navigate towards this new norm that we're going into. So it's been an interesting ride. Yeah, I think it's been pretty, um, I think all of it has just been, uh, it's been crazy when you think about it. We go from, you know, with lockdown with COVID and pandemic, and then, you know, we have this and so many people are, you know, coming together and going out and doing um, protests. I know for me, um, this week has actually been a difficult week for me. Like, uh, I actually had to take Friday off work, um, for like a mental health day. Um, and, uh, so I feel like in my house, um, we've increased our conversations, um, you know, with our kid, you know, with him being, uh, 17, we kind of started like having conversations with ourselves, me and my partner, just about like, have we had these like thorough conversations about like, the police and like, like we do, but we feel like we haven't, I don't know how thorough we really have been. It just kind of have been like, um, you know, like in passing or maybe quick conversations or things like that. And so, um, he works next door. And so, you know, sometimes he'll just, you know, walk home like five minutes from us, like his job. And so even with that, like, I feel like it's been kind of triggering with the curfew and stuff because everything has been shut down at eight o'clock PM. And so we find ourselves being like, well, let's go meet him halfway. And like, you know, you don't want to treat him like a baby, but then you're like, you don't really know what exactly is the, um, what exactly really even is going on. And so, um, that's just been kind of draining a little bit and just, you know, I, at the beginning of the week, I found myself wondering like, what should I be doing? Um, if anything. And so, uh, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, you know, you can donate. And so I found myself doing that. And then, um, today I'm actually going downtown, um, here in a little bit, um, for the, uh, the, the peaceful protest that they're having down there today. And I think it's like a blackout. It's going to be music and poetry and a whole bunch of stuff at LaBarra Park. And so, I think I'm gonna go down there and bring my kid for a little bit just so he can kind of, um, you know, just see it and, and it's something to, you know, we can come back and kind of have conversation about. So um, I, I've yet to go downtown and, or, um, you know, pass through of anything. And so today I'm gonna be intentional and do that just for a little while. Um, and so other than that, like, I really have felt a little bit drained, a little bit angry, a little bit uh, I feel like I've been already right, especially at work, like where I'm like, if somebody say something, um, you know, stupid or ask me questions, because I have had, um, you know, with my, especially with my partner, like she's, you know, we've had conversations about um, how it's been at work. And uh, she's had people, um, especially her white colleagues, like kind of ask her about her black experience. And I think stuff like that is absolutely crazy. 
Um, so, you know, I've been, I feel like I've been more on ready and kind of guarded because I'm like, I don't think you don't have to explain that shit to anybody and people should just educate themselves if they feel like they don't know what's going on right now. So that's been kind of frustrating. And then, um, yeah, so I mean, really, I just took a day off. I've been trying to unplug as much as I can, like y'all said, and just kind of like, you know, have a little more in-depth conversation. And, um, I also, um, I also wanted to just say like, you know, for people that's kind of struggling, cause I have talked to quite a few people that said that they're kind of like, uh, struggling during this time. Like, don't forget to, you know, lean into your village, you know, whoever that is and, you know, have conversation. And, you know, if you feel like that you overwhelmed or, um, you're angry or you're, you know, whatever you want to just get it out, like just, you know, have conversation with people. Don't just keep it in. And, um, you know, everybody doesn't have to be one of those people on the front line at a protest. You can give and you can participate in different ways. And I think, you know, you should just think about the ways that you feel like you want to give to the cause, whether it's just conversation or, you know, whatever it is. And also just don't, um, you know, forget to unplug sometimes and get off social media. I had a conversation with my aunt the other day and she was just telling me how overwhelmed she is. And I was just telling her, because I mean, she watched the news all day, every day, right? And she's not really even on social media. It's like just watching the news. And I'm like, but you got to you gotta unplug that shit sometimes and step away from it because it's so heavy. You know, it's been heavy for me. Like, I mean, just looking at it and then sometimes I'm watching stuff or I'm laying, looking at Twitter or something before I go to bed and you're seeing all this crazy shit from the riots and, you know, the police brutality, you know? I was talking with my friends and like, it's crazy that your people are protesting against police br brutality, but yet the police is coming and giving police brutality at a protest against police brutality. It's kind of crazy when you, when you think about that. Right. So, um, so yeah. So y'all have any more thoughts on that or. Yeah. I want to piggyback on something you said, and I'm sure Chantel can speak to this because I seen her post about it on her Facebook. Um, just you know, making sure people know, and I'm sure they do, but just reaffirming how we, you know, feel right right now and not letting anybody take that away from us, being angry, not wanting to explain or have conversations with folks that doesn't look like us. Um, I went and got lunch with two friends and and uh, my oldest, and uh, the white guy sits down, not you know, with proper social distancing because we were outside, but he proceeds to come to talk to us. And right now I don't want to talk to nobody. And so, um, have you guys experienced, like I said, I'm sure it's Chantel cause she made a video about it. Um, Mika, have you experienced this? Just if you are stepping out because I haven't forgot about COVID in the midst of all of this, but have folks, that are non-people of color, white people, have they been extra nice to you? Because the band just kept talking and I'm just like, sir, I really want to eat my food. But um, at the same time, <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to really talk to y'all right now. Like right. I, like you said, it's like we need time to process how we feel before we can sit down and coddle to how you feel. It's not... Well, it's I called, like, it's I, called uh, uh, white guilt, you know. And then you have people that's like the allies, you know what I'm saying? That I think right now people want to make it extra known that they're with you, which I don't necessarily think is a, a bad thing per se, but I think sometimes people don't realize like when you're fully immersed in it, you're kind of experiencing it. And this is your everyday experience, like how this shit can just be kind of draining. Like I haven't personally wanted to really talk about it that much. And, um, 
and I've had, you know, like I have like some, I have white friends obviously. And, you know, uh, that, you know, more so just want to just be like, you know, I'm with you. I love you and all that. And like, you know, it's, it's nothing to be, you know, you just say thank you and all that stuff or, you know, whatever, but I haven't really wanted to talk either. So I, I, so yeah, I've had that. And then, I mean, obviously in my neighborhood, we're like one of the only black people that live over here. And so, um, you get a little more extra waves, a little more extra, a whole bunch more than we probably ever have during this time. Um, so I don't know. I think people just want to, I think, I think some people honestly don't really know what to do. Like people that may be allies to the cause or something like that. And I think that they want to let it be known that they're not racist, I guess. I don't know. Is that, that's what yeah. I think. I don't know. It's not yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Definitely. Um, I know from my experience, uh, I'll take commenting on it. I know I was uh, doing some exercising in Country Park with my friend uh, one morning, and we noticed like every white person that passed us was like, Good morning. Yeah. Hello. I see you guys out here working out. You know, how's it going? How far have you guys come? And we're just kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we're fine. But I mean, I like you said, Mika, I don't think that they really know what to do right now. Like the energy, there's definitely um, tension. And I think one of the things that they want to try to stress is that we're not somebody that you need to feel threatened by. Right. And I think, um, is that the right way to do it? Is, the, is it the best way to do it? Uh, I don't know. There's no manual on how to do this, I think, from either side. Like, we are dealing with our emotions and trying to adjust and trying to see exactly what to do about everything and how we, how we play a role. You know, obviously, knowing that our skin color has become a sign of, it uh, has become a threat or has always been a threat, but even more so now, um, more than ever. Um, and they just... They don't know what to do or what to say, but they want to say something. It's just, it's just like uh, if you have somebody that has died or maybe you have had a miscarriage or something like that, and people want to be comforted. And so they just want to say something, even though what they're saying isn't necessarily helping. But I think the spirit of it all is we are not a threat to you, and we want to let you know that we're here, and, and that I can... I can respect that and understand that all the while I don't want your feedback right. or attention right now. <laughs> what has been your you guys' thoughts on like companies sending out emails and companies like doing all this stuff, uh just showing that they're like um, you know, with Black Lives Matter? It's, it's been a lot. I haven't known what to feel about that or think about that. You know what? If I could just let me just get go ahead and get this out there. Um for companies it is always about profit. And I think that um, a, lot of, a lot of companies realize that there is power in the black dollar and they don't want to lose that black dollar. And so they know that we on, we on watch right now and we looking to see who's with us and who's not. And so for those of us who not, like the energy is so strong with us, we will, we will quickly pull our dollars from from their pockets and I think that they just want to preserve I I think that is the definitely a goal I won't say that it's the main goal and the motivation but it's definitely up there they don't want to mm -hmm. mess with their profit 
Yeah. Hey. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, hey. But yeah, I, 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 I more so wanted us to just kind of, you know, continue to share our thoughts on this because, I mean, you know, for some people, I feel like um, a lot of people just don't actually realize, you know, other people's experiences, you know, because sometimes, you know, when everything, when we're just going through our everyday, you know, we don't always talk about, um, you know, what that experience might look like. So I wanted to use this platform just to kind of just, you know, to keep on, uh, you know, talking about how we're feeling right now. Um, Shantae, did you have anything else you want to touch on during this point or you want to move forward? Yeah, I got last two cents I want to share about um, just kind of folks coming out the woodworks. I think for people who do have allies, I can't say that I personally have any. Um, I think that you know what I'm saying? If they're part of your circle that you already know that for everybody else, I just want folks to keep that same energy. Like I've already, you know, figured out how right. to kind of navigate those situations. So um, if you're somebody, you know what I'm saying? So like, like if it's a coworker and I wouldn't know because we've been home, I, I honestly think that even though we're over here dealing with our emotions, it has helped a little bit that at least for me that I'm already at home. And so I don't have to put myself in situations or find myself in situations where I have to, you know, cater to that white guilt at the same time trying to work through my own emotions. I'm just kind of in a mind frame right now where I want people to keep that same energy. So if you weren't talking to me before this, don't talk to me after. I mean, I feel like for me, you know, what what started to become overwhelmed for me is that like, you know, usually when something happens, you know, you have a meeting or, you know, some optional stuff you can pop into and things like that. Like, um, I mean, this week at my job, it's been like every single day, you know, multiple um, optional meetings, obviously, that you can that you can go in whenever you want. It's been uh, newsletters. It's, I mean, it's just been a heightened level of all of that. And I've just been sitting there like, you know, we have like this open group chat at work. And I've just been so, I've been so like, because I think I'm like, it's only two black people on, on in my, I think it's only two or three in the whole entire department, you know, which is, I'm one of them. And I just have been already, I don't know. I didn't know what I, I was like, I got, I was like, I got to take Friday off. Cause I'm like, I felt like I was just so like the whole time, like tense at work, you know what I'm saying? Like just waiting for somebody to, to. I don't know. I was waiting and I was like, I was just glad that I didn't have to have that conversation at work in any kind of way. Cause I just didn't want to have it. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to just work. Well, and I want to say this about the, the business piece real quick, and then we can definitely move on as far as my circle, especially professionally wise, um, my school counselor group and my mental health group, uh, folks is checking people. So like these associations that we put our money into, they, you know, wrote to them like, hey, what is your stance on this? Where do y'all stand on this? I think um, black folks have gotten a position where if you don't support us, we're not supporting you. Meaning I'm not going to pay for no more memberships. I'm not going to give you my money. Right now I've been supporting and that's kind of been my way to contribute because I'm not on the front lines. I'm not that type of person. Um, but I've been supporting a lot of black businesses here lately. And so I think black people are kind of in a space right now where I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of black people who were already supporting black businesses, but now they really like two finger 
tapping posts. Like, okay, so where you stand on this? Okay, well, I'm gonna go take my dollar over here. And so in my professional groups, they have been, you know, checking these organizations like, hey, where do you stand on this? And if you, if you are very clear where you stand, then that lets us know, you know, where we fit in in your organization and we'll just bow out. Yeah. So I can definitely appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah, definitely me too. And I, and I actually saw you yesterday in one of the, the, the black owned businesses groups, um, that I was just looking through. I think you, you went to one of the businesses yesterday. Um, Oh yeah. The lemonade shack. Yeah. I saw you (laughs) comment on there. I was like, look at Shantae. Um, yeah, no, I I totally agree. And so, you know, sometimes it takes for things to happen to kind of like, you know, shake you up and kind of like make you start thinking about stuff. And, um, you know, in a different perspective, because I mean, you know, I float around and I eat everywhere and all that stuff. And I try to support everybody. But for me, I think um, it's made me be a little more intentional with some of the, even some of the things that, you know, um, you know, I'm doing. So um, I think uh, if anything, just to close this out, let's just keep the same energy and, you know, um, and, and just continue giving to the cause, you know, whatever way that you feel like you want to give for yourself. And also, um, I also just want to just say, like, if you do feel overwhelmed or you do feel angry, it's okay. And allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling and just, you know, continue to lean into your village, whether it's your girl group or it's your family or whatever it is, um, continue to have conversations. And if, if things feel overwhelming, just unplug, you know, get off social media sometimes, give yourself breaks from it, even though what was going on is important and just seeing some of the protests and things like that. But you got to still give yourself um, just a break from all of it because it it can be a lot it's been a lot for me um all right so let's just use this time and move forward to the thought of the week okay so the thought of the week discussion this week is going to be on relationships now you guys know that uh throughout this um past insecure season i've been trickling in back and forth on some things that happened in the show um so Last week, we saw Eza and Lawrence um, with the get back, and that led me to want to have a conversation um, on relationships, so I brought in Shantae and Chantel just to have different perspectives while we kind of talk about um, relationships. So just to give a synopsis on people that do not watch Insecure, Eza and Lawrence had dated for five years. Uh, They broke up. You saw them kind of going in and out of different relationships, and so last week, you saw them uh, come back, and they you know, hooked up. We don't really know what this really means, but um, now you just have, I guess, a lot of questions swirling around. And so my first question for the group um, is, uh, and you guys can just jump in. um, Have you ever returned to a relationship or gone backwards, quote unquote? And do you think it's possible for, for it to work? And if so, how? Shantae, I figured you'll probably let me take this one as you've been married for forever and been with, uh, been with your husband for forever, forever, forever. So, um, yeah, yes, I have absolutely traveled backwards. Um, and I can't say that I have had any of them to be lucrative in going backwards because uh, it was the same stuff over and over and I think that's the caveat, is that there has to be uh, an, an acknowledgement of what failed, um, who 
everybody has to acknowledge what their role was in the failure. Um, and you have to really decide, you know, what you're going to do differently because otherwise it's insanity and you're just going to keep cycling through the same thing over and over again. So it has to be a cognitive decision between both parties to say, okay, this is what we're wrong. This is where we're going to do differently in the future and move forward in that direction. Um, and I have not had that happen yet. Uh, but, but instead of keep going backwards, I mean, I think there are aspects of relationships or of the past relationship that were really great. Um, and then there are things that were not, and for those things that aren't, for whatever reason, we just could not seem to align on what needed to be changed and how we were going to do differently in the future. So I would say that that's probably the biggest uh, reason that they fail. Um, I think they could work, but you have to, you have to do differently. So what made you, um, not to get too far in your business, like what will make you sure. um, go back? Like what, what, like, did you see them out and then something kind of triggered like thinking about feelings or like what would make you kind of go back? Yeah, girl, all of that, all of that. I mean, um, like I said, I think that there are aspects, there, there have to be aspects of the person that were positive. And I think sometimes for me personally, um, just for this one guy in particular that I'm thinking of, uh, he's, there were things that he spoke to me. Uh, there were things in me that he spoke to um, that, uh, where he met those needs. And I really enjoyed those things from him. Uh, whether it was a sex, whether it was a conversation, um, whether it was the words of affirmation. I mean, there were certain things that he spoke to, but then there were things that, um, that he couldn't speak to. And that was why we couldn't be together. And I just could not get him to understand. Like we were two ships passing in the night on those uh, specific issues. So, um, but yeah, like the things that were good are really good. Yeah. And the yeah. things that aren't, you know, it's just not enough for you to be able to walk together peace, peaceably. Yeah. You pretty much have what I, what I pretty much have for it. And I feel like, um, um, I've had some, 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 uh, some, some get backs a little bit, but, uh, not really, um, not where I re started redating somebody. Maybe I revisited that person for different things or we started, maybe making the attempts to re-talk to each other or something like that. And then you kind of start seeing the same thing over. Um, I think it would like at times I feel like uh, even if time passed, what people don't want to do, they want, they want to just come back and, it, and think that things are just going to restart from the beginning, like a fresh start. And I think that people uh, fail to realize that you have to one, like you said, like fully talk things out like what happened, you know, give a real conversation, which, uh, you, you know, we saw Eza and Lawrence do this week, which I enjoy. And I think when you have those conversations, like you got to stop having like pride and ego. Like if somebody hurts you, you know, you have to say it. And if you hurt them, like you have to be, you know, open to listen to what they're saying. And what I've learned in relationships, me personally, where it's made me better in relationships. I used to be one of those people that was like, well, I didn't do this. Like, and I feel like the, the, the worst thing you can do to a person is not to acknowledge how they feel and yeah. just make it seem like, you know, to keep saying like you didn't do whatever. But if somebody's telling you a lot of times, if you just sit and listen to what people are saying to you, if somebody's telling you that you hurt them, 
And even if you might not necessarily agree or you don't see it that way, you have to listen and acknowledge the fact that, that you hurt them. Absolutely. Regardless. Absolutely. And um, a lot of times I think that's where people, you know, especially when coming back to a situation, they don't want to take ownership for anything that, you know, they've done to the person. And um, that's a big lesson I had to learn with just, you know, relationships. And I'm in a relationship, but even things that, you know, we've been together for a lot of years. So even if it's something I did at the beginning, like it's being like, oh, well, you know, I do, I see you, I hear you, you know, um, and trying to fix that. So I think when you come back, you know, um, listening to each other and uh, having those dialogues and then continue to, you know, do the work. And I feel like it can work, but you have to do all those steps to make it work. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. As a matter of fact, that was the reason why we couldn't move together because it was a failure in acknowledgement of what I was saying. I was like, this is happening. And this is how I feel about it. And it was a total and complete disregard for what I was saying. Like, no, I don't do that. And so after a while, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, what in, what mean, are you saying I'm lying? Right. Are you saying that I'm delusional? And then, I mean, at that point, there can be no moving forward together because of failing to simply acknowledge what I'm saying. Like you said, not acknowledging uh, any ownership or having any responsibility around what I'm saying. So you can't move together. I totally agree. Yeah. I do got something I want to, my little two cents here, my two cents that I want to add. Um, I would say, at least with my experience, I think sometimes people go back because one, there's a comfort level, level that has been established there. You know, getting out and meeting new people can be um, draining. But also when people decide to return to each other, or whoever initiates to get back, there's something that they have that you want. So uh, there is a level of use with each other that is happening there. And so you know that there are red flags and um, you continue, you just ignore them until the thing that you want from that person no longer serves you. So um, that's my take on it. But as far as like, serious serious relationships I'm not a fan of going back like once I'm done that's it yeah and I guess I can this rolls into the next question because why do you feel like um like how you saying when you're done like you that's it like do you feel like people can change or do you feel like that's a possible thing and I'm gonna also give example like if somebody cheated in the past do you think that it's possible for them not to be a cheater I think people can change. Um, I think my personal reason for not returning to any previous relationship is because you you have to understand that you're not everybody's cup of tea. And so it don't mean my, you know, it doesn't make me wrong or really or either them wrong. You just have to have an understanding that, hey, you were not the person for me. And I think when we think about cheating, Nobody never really wants to address what they have done in a relationship that may have even initiated the thought or caused the cheating. So you automatically just go to where you cheated and you blame it on the other person without really sitting down and having a discussion about why is that. And, you know, you can relate that, uh, Mika, and for our listeners who watch Insecure, back to the conversation that um, Issa and Lawrence had. So, yes, she acknowledged that, hey, totally cheated. 
but this is where this is, but this is how it happened. This is where this was coming from. There was a need from you that I wasn't getting at that moment. And somebody else was able to come and fill that void. Yeah. Um, so I do think that people can change. Um, but is it really change or is it that, okay, we just were not the, the, the right people for each other. Cause you can get with somebody else and that not happen. So that whole once a cheater, always a cheater thing. I, I don't know. Cause I haven't personally <laughs> experienced it. I guess you would have to ask someone that that's a cheater and why they continue to, to step out on people. But I like to take the road of, okay, I just wasn't your cup of tea. I think for me, that helps keep the, um, the emotional and the self-esteem that's tied to that, it keeps it intact. Because if you start to to tear yourself down, then, you know, they could put you in a bad place. Yeah. Well, I think for me, I can speak on the cheating thing because I have been a cheater uh, a lot of times. And, um, and, you know, to be honest with you, you know, when I went into this relationship, uh, this was like... I kind of came into this kind of at the beginning of me just, um, I guess, getting to a point where, one, I was tired, I'm old, and two, um, you know, just wanting to be, um, you know, good. And I think when you find somebody where, you know, when we sat down and decided we were going to have a, wanted to have a relationship, um, I knew that, like, we pretty much was clear on, like, expectations and intentions. And I knew that, um, you know, being unfaithful and things like that was something that was a deal breaker for one and two, like it was a lot of hurt there from like previous relationships. And so like, I think when you really care about somebody, it makes you change in general. Um, I mean, obviously I had already stopped cheating long time ago, like uh, as far as like when I dated people, but when I was, you know, quote unquote, a cheater. Um, I think during that time, like I had low self-worth in general uh, and, you know, with what I thought about myself. And so a lot of times, like, and I had a lot of amazing people that I really fucked over. You know, I talk about that a lot. Like, it's probably one of my biggest regrets um, in general. But um, I don't even know why I really would even do some of the things I did. I had a lot of pride and ego. And um, I was young. And so I just felt like if, if it was a time that I felt like I wasn't getting something that I wanted, then I just went and just got that from somewhere else. Like, without even having a conversation. Like, I was just really, really immature in relationships um a horrible person to date at the time and so like for me like now like it's easy to be faithful and all that stuff and um you know I kind of take pride in the fact of like just being honest and all of that because one like when your ass get old I talk about this all the time when you get old it's too much energy trying to lie and cheat okay I do not have the time I'm tired okay I like being able to leave my phone you know sitting there and not sweating if they pick it up and you know all of those things like it's just you know it gets to a point where it's like you have to stop now not, now some people never stop playing games but i think that i don't know if truly in the, in the past like i think i love people but i don't think i really knew what love was like i never seen a healthy relationship i'd never seen what that was supposed to look like so for me like i had always seen just bullshit and so you know i just kept on rolling with what i thought in my mind like was kind of like okay you know and um so it's not right but do I think people can change yeah because I changed you know but did I have to do a lot of work to change 
yes, I had to do a lot of work. I mean, I still, you know, faithfully go to therapy um, all the time. You know, I talk about it all the time, but it took a lot of work to unlearn a lot of behaviors that I had and a lot of shit that I was doing and to stop blaming other people, but blame myself because no one made me do these things. Like I chose to do these things. And, um, you know, especially when you involve kids and stuff like that, and you're examples of that, like I could never imagine myself going out and cheating or something like that and have to come home and explain this to my family. Like, I just could never imagine that. I don't know how people can do, how people do that with families and stuff like that, but I don't know. But for me, yeah, when I was young, I don't think I really cared about people. So it was easy to do, you know, to be completely honest. But what are you, what are you, what's your thoughts, Chantel? I think y'all pretty much hit um, everything that I was going to say about it. I think um, relationships are a choice. I think um, monogamy is a choice. Love, you know, you can choose to love someone. Um, And, you know, when when you fail in the expectations of the relationship, uh, there definitely has to be an acknowledgement of what you did and and why you did it. I think the person who is uh, the offended has to acknowledge why, uh, because there may have been something that um, that was lacking or something that was needed. But oftentimes, if it's if it's not communicated, I think that's the fault of the offender. If it is communicated and the person that you're in a relationship with just isn't hearing yours, unwilling to meet those needs, and it kind of puts you in a bind. I mean, do you continue to stay in a relationship not having your needs met or do you step out? So, I mean, all of, all of these, all of this is a cognitive decision on the cheater's part uh, to, do the, to, to do the crime <laughs> or uh, also a cognitive decision um, on the offender's part to, to listen and actually um, meet your partner's needs. So can a person change? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I I have not been a cheater, um, but I have definitely had some some habits or some things in a relationship that were undesirable, uh, where I knew that it was hurting my partner, and it was up to me to either to care enough to make the change or to say that this is not something I can do and roll out. Yeah, I agree. But, with e- you. but either way, it's a choice. So let's, uh, um, I want everybody to give their positives and negatives of a relationship. So since you're talking, Chantel, you, you start, you, you give your positives and you give your negatives and then we'll go to Shantae. Ooh, um, <laughs> you know, I had to breathe, breathe a little bit because I'm definitely in a state, uh, where I am and part of the, uh, he woman, man, haters club. I'm, I'm moderately kidding, but um, I would have to say, if I were to be in a relationship, I think the positives for me are definitely um, companionship, like having somebody there that you can talk to, somebody that you can be vulnerable with, somebody that you can trust in, um, that provides some sort of support and stability as you're walking throughout your life, um, somebody to share experiences with, um, and even to share the load and part of some of the um some of the challenges and things that come with life. You have somebody to walk through those things with. So I would, um, I, I would even, you know, the physical part of it, I think is great, but I think as I get older, it's just nice to have the presence of someone there. Uh, of course, that does require a physical body, but 
like the sexual part of it to me is just the icing on the cake it's the further manifestation of the love uh that you guys share and of this sometimes the struggle and getting through the challenges that you share and so you can reap uh the benefits of being able to manifest that love physically so um those are my positives as far as hmm, the negatives are concerned um you do have it is selfless relationships are selfless so if there is there are going to be times where you have to put your partner before yourself um you will have to consider that person in your decisions which means that you know if you want to take a trip you know put all your money into taking a trip abroad you know you might have to consider somebody else's schedule or somebody else's financial uh situation so um I think that, um, you know, relationships are not always rainbows and sunshine. So there are times where you'll have to support uh, and be the stronger party when your partner is weak. Um, and so that will require extra energy and effort on your part in order to do that. And sometimes it's draining. But if you care about your partner uh, and their overall well-being, then you'll have to make uh, that sacrifice in order to do that. So um, I would say that those are the negatives, but I mean, you could, um, the, the, the positives, I think, oh, I'm trying to tell myself on the regular that uh, the positives definitely outweigh the negatives, I think, with relationships. Yeah. That's yeah. my two cents. You give yours, Shante. Um, when I think of positives and negatives of relationships, I... I always tend to, or kind of think of Maslow's hierarchy of basic human needs. And so when I think of positives, I think of the love and belonging. So, you know, that's the family that you create with that other person or the family that y'all make. If you decide that you want to have kids together, the intimacy, the friendship that you build with each other. And then you have, you know, your safety. So um, the resources that you guys put together as far as like where you work and employment and that security um maybe that physical physical security like okay this person keeps me safe just that mental security that hey i have someone who is here for me who roots for me who cheers me on who supports me and things that i'm trying to pursue um and like chantelle said that companionship um uh, you know, some sometimes we need our space alone, but oftentimes we crave to be with others and to be in yeah. others' presence and share space with other people. So being able to do that with your partner or your spouse, um, that's a positive. Um, a negative, I guess, in relationships to me, and I think this is just coming from my therapist's perspective, is just being emotionally responsible for somebody else. Meaning that some, a lot of times you got to censor or watch what you say, um, being mindful of how you say those things. Um, like Chantel said, being selfless, uh, putting yourself, putting your, your spouse or your partner before yourself. And sometimes people do it so much so that they lose self. They forget yeah. who they are. Um, they Definitely. become really the other person. And so you 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 get caught up in, in who your spouse or your partner is and you forget um about yourself feeling like you have to put 
things on pause or put things um on hold so to for me that would be the the negative um because it can be um emotionally draining to be responsible for somebody else's emotions yeah i totally agree uh both of you guys had good points and pretty much everything that i have for those points um i think for me um I was thankful that while we had this lockdown that I actually like the person that I date. Um, you know, to me, uh, I think you can love a lot of people, but when you genuinely like them, um, that's something, something to really be thankful for. Uh, we did not argue not one time been in this house with each other every single day. I was absolutely shocked. Cause I just knew going into lockdown, I was like, Lord, I'm going to kill each other in here. I, I really thought we were at first, <laughs> but, um, but no, it actually brought us closer together because we were a little more intentional with just having conversation. Like, you know, like um, even, you know, uh, times we're working, like, you know, having lunch together, sitting outside, you know, um, getting out the house and things like that. So it was, it was, it, it was pretty cool, but to me, that's like the positive to a relationship um, is, you know, having that friendship and uh, companionship and somebody, you know, um, you know, is going to be there for you and vice versa. Um, you, the negatives, you guys pretty much hit them the same. I pretty much have the same. Um, I think sometimes uh, I struggle with relationships at times because especially when, um, you know, with just being a creative and kind of getting into your space and going into your bubble, you have to not forget about the people that's here with you and your family and stuff. And so I have to be really intentional with just um, going away from what I have going on or things that I want to do and remember them um, and, and put them as a, a level of importance in my life. And so uh, those are things that I've had to work on. I mean, even down to when you think about you going to go watch TV, right? You can't even go really turn on TV and try to, and try to catch up on a show because you're probably watching that show with your with your partner. And so you can't even watch TV without, you know, <laughs> them, you know, being there. Uh, so you have to like waylay a show or something like that. If you're watching it together, I mean, it's just things like that. Like, you know, that's a small thing that you're constantly thinking about um, the other person and, uh, and not being, um, you know, selfish. And it's, and it's, you know, especially people like me, that's like used to kind of like being on our own and wanting to do their own thing. Uh, I have to really work on just really, um, you know, inviting people in that space because I can be guarded too. And so those are things that I had to work on. So <laughs> raising their hand. So when y'all talked about that, y'all really, yeah, y'all really hit that. Yeah. That's, that's totally yeah. me. And so, um, you know, but the thing is, if a relationship is something that, especially the one that you're in is something that's important to you, you'll change all the things that you need to change or work on to, to be that person for that, for the other person. So, yeah, <laughs> you will, you will. I'm telling you. All yeah. Right. Pray for me. Pray for your girl. <laughs> I've been divorced a long time. So I have kind of settled into my life and my space and my money and my time. And so trying to pull me out of the, my mindset into the, we, mindset yeah. is definitely uh something that's important if you're gonna have a successful relationship is right yeah and but you know it's but it's it's hard too though because um and people don't realize that i'm like when you kind of get used to just having like doing your own thing it's a it's a tug of war because sometimes i have a tug of war in my house where i'm like yo i just want to sit over here and just be please leave me just alone. Be yep. yeah <laughs> you know? but I, I mean because you do but that is like what shante said um 
it's important not to lose yourself and to understand the things that you need and that your partner understands those things. Like I have my gym time, y'all know, like I don't play with that. Like it is a priority for me. It's a place where I woosah, where I recalibrate and you know, where I also am able to blow off some steam. So that's something that he would have to be understanding of if he's not going to participate with me in that that he would have to be understanding that I need that time, but I would also have to make sure that I effectively communicate. But do you that, feel so. like you would want him in your, in your time? Like I, if, that's, uh, if that's your thing, do, do you feel like you would want to invite you know him what? into that space? You know what? If he's as, as serious about it as I am, then he will be as focused as I am during that time. So yeah, like I have, I have dated um, a person who is, was having into fitness and, it definitely helps to have somebody, even if they're not physically working out with you, just somebody that you can look over and you can see that they're in there with you. Like they're sweating with you. Uh, they're yeah. working out with you in the same space. So it does help. Um, but I can't, I can't pull somebody into it. Like it, it has to be somebody who already has either the same drive as me or greater for me that to invite problem. you in that space. Otherwise, keep your ass at home. Yeah, you, I think, though, as a as a partner or a spouse, though, being able to recognize and be okay if you have something that you enjoy that you want to bring them into and they're not into it, that you're okay with that. Yeah. And so either just being okay with continuing to do that on your own or finding other people with, um, you know, that, that same interest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do this podcast and, and I listen to podcasts like all, I can listen to a podcast all day long, you know, and just sit in the corner somewhere in my headphones. And um, yeah, Les is not into it at all. And so, you know, uh, she just be like, put them fucking headphones on, get away. And so, um, but it doesn't fit me, you know what I'm saying? Because I think, I, I think that, like what you said, Shantae, like, I think that people need to, even though you're in a relationship, you still are, you still are an individual. I like when you lose sight of that and your, your relationship becomes like your whole entire life and you don't have a life, like you don't have your own passions and you don't have anything that you have going on. I think that, I, I think, I don't think relationships work that way. I don't think they will last that way. Um, so uh, it's things that, you know, my partner's into and that's their thing that I'm not into. And um, you know, I kind of, push them towards things that they like to do and and you know and if it's something we come together with we come together but um I like that I have something that's just my own like I can go into the lab and you know work on my podcast or listen to other podcasts and do stuff like that and like you know um I sit and talk to you Shantae and we talk about our you know therapy stuff and stuff like that and like you know um things that I that I share with people outside of my relationship I actually for me enjoy that because I don't want to just be um just so bogged down with just a relationship um that that I just kind of lose sight of just myself and things that I like that makes sense agreed agreed it does so y'all I'm reading this book and it's old but when I tell you the 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 stuff in here is gold and these nuggets um that folks need to get it's really written for women but she talks about that she talks about how what is it? what's the name of it oh, oh, I'm about to share it now. Oh. girl i found it in my office too out of all places at school so it's called uh 10 stupid things women do to mess up their lives 
But who's in, is this Laura, Laura Schlesinger? Who's it? Yeah, come on, friend. Yeah, okay. Because I didn't see the Do Bible. you know her work? Yeah. Yeah, she's mm, a, is this she like is, a sex therapist? I don't know, but y'all, this book say uh, 95 on it. But when I started reading it, I was like, if you ain't hit the nail on the head with some of this stuff, mm. she talks about, how, okay, well, when you get all caught up in what he doing, and then when he don't stop and pause for what he doing, you get mad and start to resent him. But he didn't, he, he asked for that. He didn't even know what was happening that was about to happen. You, you know, she talked about how we can sometimes attach ourselves to men mm-hmm, and make mm-hmm. their life and make what they have going on in their lives, our lives. So his friends become your friends, or at least you try to make it that way. So it's a good book. Folks need to find it. And they need to read it. Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check that out. And um, that can actually roll into our next um, our next question. Um, do you think that people have a fictional view of love or like unrealistic view when they first go into it or while they're in, or while they're in love? Ooh, let me start. Okay. <laughs> I think we all have a, um, a fictional view of love because if you're a movie goer or a movie watcher like myself, I'm a movie buff. And I definitely love a good love story. So we are aware of what love is portrayed or how love is portrayed in movies. I just think that if you're very aware that, okay, sometimes it can happen like this, but if it don't, not to be disappointed. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting love to happen like it happens in the movies. There's nothing wrong with that. Just just being mindful that, okay, it doesn't really always work like that, that it might not always be so effortless, that it may not be love at first sight. It may more it might be lust at first sight, but not love, and that you still have to work at it. When I think of one of my favorite love stories of all time, the notebook, that was work. It was love. Mm-hmm. It was natural love because there was a chemistry there. There was a bond that couldn't be broken. But as they got older, he had to daily remind his wife of who he was and his and his love for her until the end of the movie when they died together. So love is still work. But I think we do look at the love stories and the books that we read and the fairy tales that we see. And we are hopeful that love will happen like that for us. Girl, the notebook, I cried so much. Um, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I think we all like, did. <laughs> oh my goodness. That movie took me through. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Go ahead, Shinto. You know, Shante, I definitely know we are sisters from another myth because that's exactly what I was going to say. I think uh, between movies, music, social media, um, how we were raised as young girls, uh, all plays into this uh, fairy tale princess mindset when it comes to love. Um, that love is supposed to be at first sight. Um, it's supposed to rescue you, your knight in shine, shining armor, and you go happily off. It's a happily ever after without giving us the continuation of the story <laughs> with, about the work that goes into uh, having a successful relationship. Love is love is selfless. Period, point blank. Uh, I think, unfortunately, with a lot of women nowadays, we 
when we're dating, we come to the table with this mindset of my presence is enough. Okay, I'm here. You got my attention. What are you bringing to the table? What is the benefit of being with you? And although I think that is important and an important um, component, uh, there is not the mindset of what I bring to the table and what is the benefit of being with me. Like, you know, men, you know, we have this women are the prize mindset and although i do believe that to a certain degree that's only part of the story like men should be valued too like we should bring something to the table as well um and so it's a, a very selfish mindset that i think a lot of people are coming to the table with um they don't understand that love is work they don't understand that there's going to be conflict you have two different people from two different backgrounds two different mindsets two different points of uh, frames of reference to different experiences. So there's going to be some type of, uh, of disagreement or I like to call them areas of opportunities to align uh, where you are going to have to say, okay, I feel this way about it. You feel this way about it. How are we going to handle this moving forward? And that is not always a, a pretty process. Like conflict is going to be involved in there and you're going to have to align and realign and realign and realign because just like with the car uh there you, you realign a car throughout the entire life of the car i mean you have different weather conditions you have tire tread as whereas you have uh you know bumps in the road rocks in the road you have things that happen where you're going to have to realign and life and relationships are the same exact way um i think we expect for our partners to come 100 percent healed 100% ready, 100% financially stable, 100%, you know, with everything already having been accomplished and we just kind of come in and enjoy the fruits of the labor without having to put anything into it. Um, and that's just not reality. Your partner is going to come uh, scathed. They're going to yes. come with some, you know, bumps and bruises. They're going to come with some things that you might have to help them work through. Um just like you will. I'm like, don't we realize that we're not 100% either? Like, I just, okay. I just, I don't understand that part. So it's not perfect. We got to be willing to work through it together. Yeah. I don't think that's the, the problem. I'm sorry, Mika. No, go you, ahead. But I think the problem is that, like you said, folks are in a very selfish mindset. So what has happened, or to me at least, let's just speak on like in today, 2020, when I'm looking online, when I'm in these different social media groups, because I'm definitely in one called the Marriage Club, and it can sometimes feel like love has become conditional. I think I can only speak for myself. What, what do you mean by that? What do you, what do you mean? Oh, by conditional? I'm about to tell you. I'm about to okay. tell you. I think what I have been able to to get out of my marriage is that I met my husband. We didn't have anything. All we had to give each other was truly ourselves, my personality, just me. I didn't have anything. So when I say love feels like it's become conditional, I was reading on Twitter, a lady, she was giving dating tips. And she said, if a man asks you, what can you bring to the table you run? Because what you bring is your femininity, period. But we like to ask in our dating, well, what kind of work do you do? where you live, what kind of car you drive, love should be unconditional, but it's not. You want them to come to the table, like Chantel said, with all these other things, but that's, the, that's not what love is. 
because what you're saying is, oh, you love me if you got this, or I love you if you have this, when love is truly supposed to be about the person and who they are and how they treat you, not what they can do for you. Okay. So people kind of get, I feel like uh, all those know, extra Shante. things. I'm going to play devil's I'm, advocate right now. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I know you can, but I'm just speaking <laughs> from myself. There I we feel go. Like, yeah. I feel like what... No, let's what get in, let's person. get let's get into it real fast and just I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate okay. and then you you Go tell ahead. me what you think. Um, okay, so I, I agree with you, right, to a certain degree. But mm-hmm. I think that when you're young, you know, when you're love is different when you're in your, when you're in your teenage years and twenties, early twenties, because like you said, like you don't really you don't really have anything. You don't want men in college. You know what I'm saying? So you're at a place where you're you're kind of starting to have building blocks from like. Oh, you know, when you graduate, da, 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 and you guys kind of grew together, right? But when you come mm-hmm. into it, like your 30s and 40s, like I'm in my 30s, wow. you know, and 50s, like it's it's a little bit different, a different reality because do you have time to do building blocks? And you know, um, if if you got if you got amazing credit, do you want to bring somebody in who have no credit? And it's not. No, I'm, it, not, I'm not arguing with you on none of that. And I totally understand that. That's what I'm saying to you about my relationship specifically, that I was able to 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 get look, get in on the ground flow. If you right. want the ground. But do you think that people that people don't have unconditional love? Like, I think you can love somebody, but still have. I, now, do I think that. OK, let me go back. Do I think that people sometimes put too many conditions on things like he got to have this, 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 this? Yes. But do, what I'm but do I think that you should have some level of something? Because love is going to be different in your 30s and 40s because you have hurt now. You know, you know, been through shit. Halftime people are, you know, divorced, you know, and they're they're coming into. Yeah. You see, Shanta, that well, the person I'm with was, was divorced. You know, they were they were married uh, 22 years. So, you know, they they have all that going on where you've already built yourself up and you're kind of like you're you, OK. When somebody's like divorced, like there have been this certain way and accustomed to a certain thing for so long with this person. Right. And how they thought their life was going to kind of play out and like what they're used to doing. And so then when you go brand new into something else, you, you got to break down shit, uh, relationship ideals that they have from their marriage, you know, like their other previous relationship, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, I think it's harder, much harder to date. Um, when you get later in years, now, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta do a whole bunch more other stuff. And do you kind of got to vet this person out a little bit? Yes. Because this person might have children. Especially having that children. You, there you go. Yeah. Might have kids that yeah. you gotta sit and consider, you know what I'm saying? Like when I came into my relationship, they had kids, you know, that we had to baby step around that slowly trickle me in, you know, and I had to build a relationship with their kids more m- m- before I even could think about, uh, how far we're gonna go in this relationship i had to do that with their with their children because they that was most important like their happiness with this situation to me was more important than anything because they have to be here in this space with us and be happy you know um and so i mean i don't know like i don't want to ramble but i just think that it's a lot more to consider later in life you know than when you're considering it at in your early 20s because you do have Oh, I'm so in love. Oh, you know, you're floating on a cloud, but you're, it's easy to do that when this might be your first love or, you know, your first mm. love experience or something like that. And, you know, you don't really count high school. So, 
you know, them, them college years, you know, I was all over the place, but I was floating around because it was just easy to do. Like, I didn't have to really take myself too serious and I didn't have to like do certain things. But like, as I became more like a full adult, you know, and in my thirties, like, yeah, like I take that shit when I'm wanting to date somebody or, or dating, I take it very, very serious because it's a lot more to consider. So let me say this because I have actually been on both ends of the spectrum from being married at 21 years old, having children young, building up, because uh, like we didn't have anything either. I think I had like a computer and my like a mattress and he had like his clothes and like some pots and pans. Like we literally had nothing uh, to building up and having a house and having children and careers and things like that. Then also being on the flip side, having now been divorced, been in my house for 12 plus years, uh, you know, having 401k, pay, 401k pension, you know, cars, children, like, I can understand this, the viewpoints of both sides. I think one of the things that I've probably uh, realized in my older age and having been divorced is that uh, all of this material stuff, you can really have, if, if COVID ain't told us, taught us nothing, it can be here today and gone tomorrow. Um, your job, your car, your house, you can lose all of that stuff in an instant. But finding a person that has the mindset and the drive uh, to still persevere through adversity, uh, and when you have nothing and when you've lost everything, still having the plan um, in place. And I, I realized that Although a man may have like all of these things and the glitz and glamour, he may have the cars and a great career, but does he have the mindset and the drive? Like, what is your character like? When things get hard and when they get tough, can you still put together a plan and have a thought process that's solid enough to rebuild and regain those things that you had? Um, that I think for me, that's probably one of the most important things. And I don't think that a lot of women are thinking that way. Like, I mean, I won't speak for all women, of course, but um, it's just not, it's not widely seen. It's not pushed through social, social media and movies and music. It's about the money. It's about the cars. It's about right. what he has tangibly, but, but it doesn't say any, it doesn't speak to the mindset of the person and the drive of the person and the will and determination and motivation. And those things will allow a man or even a woman who no longer has those things or who has had those things stripped from them to regain. Right. So, I mean, that's I'm asking right questions now. like, do you read books? Are you in therapy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm trying to know what what's going on with yeah. that mental because that, that in itself can make a break a relationship. It you know can. what I'm saying? How, really people, how people feel about themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. what's their self-worth looking like? You know, those are things right. that when I was, you know, young, did I ever think about things like that? No, absolutely right. not. Mm -hmm. You know, wouldn't even, wouldn't even be something I'm even considering. Like now, yes, that is something that is very, very important to me. Like just how, what's your thinking like? You know what I'm saying? Like before I can even really go, go there as far as like a relationship, you know what I'm saying? Cause right. um, yeah. So uh, I guess that can lead to my next question of just like, how do you think that people, um, Chantel, I know you're kind of like dating. I know Shante, you're married. I'm in a relationship, obviously. But how do you think people reinvent love? And it could just be, it could be inside of their relationship or just reinvent their ideals of love in their mind, like as you grow. 
Um, well, I speak as a married woman. Uh, me and my husband been together for 17 years. We've been married for 10 years. I think, first of all, you have to have an understanding that the person you married at the altar is not going to be the same person. That's one. Um, and that your conversations around love, sex, intimacy, those things that they can change, they can, and they probably will change over the years. And so uh, me and my husband always sit down with each other and have like a talk, um, especially if it's been a long time or been a while, just about where we are in our marriage, where we're looking to go, and then, you know, get into other conversations about love and dating and what that looks like. And so for us, because we're, we have small kids, we know that we have to be intentional about dating. We have to plan dating out. It's not something that we can do spare the moment. Um, have we done a good job with those things? If I'm being honest with myself, no, but we do have those conversations. And so we do understand what it takes to be able to go on a date and, and plan a date. And so um, I seen online um, on Instagram, they have dating boxes. They have uh, what you call a date box. You can either actually get a box sent to you. And I thought that was cool. Or you could do what's called a digital date. So I got the email for the free date, but I didn't use it. So what, what do you expired. do with it? What do you do with it? I didn't, I didn't get the fin. I didn't get to do it because life happened kids. And so I didn't get to click on the digital uh, date. And so I was like, but this, you know, when I seen it, I was like, Oh, bet this will be fun. You know, we some, cause most of the time we're in the house, especially with COVID, this will be a good opportunity for couples to do some things outside of their norm. It's yeah. called the date box. Um, what I would have to say, reinventing, like I said, really having that discussion and understanding that things for your spouse or your partner can change. So what y'all might have liked to do in the bed two years ago, that might change. Right. And be open. The thing about Girl. it is being open <laughs> to, to those things. You know, it, it, folks can be a little stiff. Yeah. Vanilla. In the bed. Little vanilla <laughs> in the bed. Like you have to be willing yeah. to add some strawberry <laughs> up in there. You know what I'm saying? And okay. I think that's one of the things Let's go back real quick, though. That's one of the things about dating. People really have those type of discussions because your your wants and your desires they could they could possibly change. So yeah. that's something that needs to be that needs to be talked about, and there needs to be an understanding that hey, uh, you know, this was cool right here, but I think I want to do this. And they the frequency, the frequency. People don't be wanting yep. to have them conversations, and I'm like, listen, I'm crazy over here. I, I, I want it every single day if I can. And so I know my partner be like, bitch, listen, uh, I, I listen. I might get you one, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, but you gotta have those. You gotta have those. You know, conversations, even if it's something as small as frequency, because. You know, yeah. yeah, I'm telling so you. So that would be my my two cents. Um, doing something outside of your norm, maybe even going on a, a group date, but uh, yeah. it's pandemic. I don't really see how feasible that is. But prior to, you know, we would we would go out with other married couples. Yeah. And um, you know, we have our little circle of friends. I think the last time we were able to get together before COVID, we played Black Car Revolt, and we had a blast. It was so much fun. 
And understanding too, though, that even the dynamics within your group is, will change, but that you still have love for everybody in the group. And what I'm what I mean is like one of our people in our group, he's in the process of getting a divorce, but the dynamics was still okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's still love for him. And just because you're no longer married doesn't make you like you're not a part of the group. And so it was nice to just be able to, it's nice to be able to hang with other people. So that's my two cents. I would have to agree with basically everything that Shantae has said. Um, Just like you are going to change as time goes. I mean, it's the same thing for your partner. Um, even though I'm not currently in a relationship and dating when it comes to, um, I think keeping things fresh and dating, like she said, there are many ideas, um, many resources out here to help people keep things fresh because, uh, in a, in the day and age of social media, um, we have, our attention spans are very short. Uh, if we want it, if we want to see it, if we want to do it, if we want to buy it, we can have it immediately in the, in the power lies in the palm of our hands. So I think we have to take that into consideration. You know, we are different people now than we used to be in the past. Um, and we'll have to do things that, to keep ourselves and our partners engaged as well. So like Shantae said, like you said, Mika, um, having regular check-ins and conversations with your partners to ask the questions of, you know, what's changed? Is this still working for you? Um, you know, are you are you good over there? Um, because it shows that um, you have a heart towards your partner to be a part of their happiness, and that their happiness is um, is important to you, and that you want to play an active role in that happiness. Period. Point blank, like regardless of what's going on, or regardless of what's happening. Um, that you have, you still have that desire and that willingness to, uh, to keep your partner's um, needs and wants to make those a priority. So I think y'all have some some really good comments. I completely agree, concur. Yeah, and I I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. I know for me, um, we do uh, couple therapy. Um, uh, that's something that is really really important that's to me. And also we are both Virgos and we think we know everything. And so uh, sometimes, yeah, I know, I know. So we do have, (laughs) we do sit down and have these conversations, but sometimes we need um, a third party that like has no stake in the game to kind of, you know, it's, this is what's crazy to me, right? The thing that grinds my feathers, if, if anything, grinds my gears or whatever, more than anything, I can sit and say something and, you know, it's like, no you're not valid. You know, I'm not making any sense, right? We can go to therapy and the therapist say the same exact thing I said. And it's like, oh, that gives me so much clarity. Oh my God. I just feel like, what in the world? And so, wow, um, I'm telling you, so we had to really, really work on communication and Mm. really um, acknowledging and, um, uh, and taking serious each other's love languages because that was like really, really important. And that, and, and therapy is what really helped us with that because um, a lot of times we had a, a lot of conversations, but we weren't hearing each other. We probably weren't speaking each other's same language to where we were going to understand yeah. and hear each other. And so um, yeah. that helped uh, tremendously because I don't think there were some points in there that we were going to make it, you know, 
really. And so, right, yeah. um, but we had to do the, we had to do the work. And so I think when it comes to reinventing, um, you know, love, uh, or just your ideals, as you change, you should do, um, you know, like how you said, like have conversations and do kind of like, you know, check-ins with each other. Um, what we kind of have been doing is just kind of like, you know, we go to therapy. So it was a one point where, which I've talked about this in previous episodes, where a year we probably did not like each other. And so we went to therapy every week for a year, every single week we went, um, as well as our individual therapy. Yeah. So, because it was, it was pretty bad and we needed to get, you know, some things, you know, taken care of. So now we, now that, um, it's kind of in a better place, you know, we're able to spread it out. Like where, you know, um, we still do our individual stuff, but we have touch points, you know, maybe every month or every two months, you know, like where we feel like we might need it. And so, um, so we kind of use therapy, like where if we feel like, okay, let's go, you know, have a refresher, we'll go back. And if we feel like, you know, we're okay, we might spread it out a few months, you know, before we go back. So, um, that's pretty much work. So let me just ask a question. Just Mm -hmm. like, so therapy, couples therapy has become, it is, even if it's spread out, it is a part of your relationship. Yes. And I or think it's you just be a kind part of, of it okay. forever. You know, like that's something that I think. Yeah. Okay. For, so. Only from the standpoint of like, just personality wise, like we can just yeah. be somewhat just like stubborn and just kind of like where um, we think we know everything. And so sometimes right. like we, and, and, and what I've learned just throughout this journey, like, um, sometimes, you know, I might talk to a friend, but for the most part, like, I don't really talk to anybody about my relationship, especially if it's like, where we got into yeah. something or something like that. Like, I only want to take that to a safe place because everybody doesn't always necessarily mean you well, or, you right. know, they might be projecting on you cause they miserable in their situation, you know? And right. I had to learn like, and not saying like my friends are bad, but it's just like, what if I told them something that happened and now my friend is looking at, you know, the person I'm with, like, why are you with them? You know, and now they don't like, right, you know, right. you all have to be around each other. So I like yeah. to take my stuff to a safe place where we talk this thing out and figure it out and then, um, you know, go from there. But I think therapy was something that's going to be there forever. It's never going to go away. Um, as far I as like, you know, up. how we are, it's just, it might be, we might not go as much during certain times. And then, I mean, especially when we're having kids, like, you got the different varying opinions on that. You got to go talk about that stuff. And I mean, um, it's important. I think so. Um, I agree. I agree. I like those that. things out in a, in a healthy way, not in a crazy way, you know? Right. Um, so yeah. So, um, Shantae, um, did you have anything else? Nope. Okay. So I'm going to ask one more question. This is for you, Shantae, because Chantel over here, y'all, has not watched Insecure. Um, so with us going into the new episode tonight, uh, do you think that with Isa and Lawrence, this was a closure episode last week, or was it um, a potential get back, or what do you think? Uh, I think it was a closure episode. I don't want folks to get their hopes up. I mean, Condola was pretty much blowing him up the whole night. I've seen people on the Facebook say they think she pregnant. Oh. <laughs> I've seen that too. So I guess we're gonna have to see what Condola wanted, but I feel like as far as Easton and Lawrence, this is very much closure. And I think if we don't see, even though I'm sure it's a lot of folks out here who are still rooting for Easta for Easta and Lawrence because she pretty much put it out there, you know, I never stopped loving you and I never stopped caring about you. What you get to see is that she wasn't given a choice and she had to move on with life just ba- based on 
you know, Lauren's reaction to her cheating. And, you know, he had that right. And so she just had to do, you know, what it was that she had to do. So I definitely think um, they got closure. She, he got to really understand, you know, why, the why behind the cheating. But she also got to see that um, he was struggling with some things, too, and why he was stagnant. And um, I think they each got to kind of see how that played out for them and why communication is important. And because they didn't communicate, it kind of, it was the demise of their relationship. But I feel like it gives us fans hope that there is something there because they were able to come back and discuss the, the breakdown of of their relationship. Yeah, I agree. You you summed that up pretty well. And honestly, I don't think they're going to get back together. I think that's just them fucking with y'all. So uh, I think something's going to happen. <laughs> something's going to happen to where they don't end up getting back together. And so, you know, but I was I was glad that they were able to have this conversation. It was really mature, probably the most mature we've ever seen them be. So it was mm-hmm. important to have. So I'm looking forward to tonight. Um, when you guys get this, it's going to be on Monday. So we've already watched it, but we haven't watched it yet. So I'm looking forward to tonight and just seeing uh, what happens on there. And, um, you know, I want to also say I thank you all so much for hopping on here today and uh, having this conversation. It was so, so, so good and uh, so necessary um, just to have uh, an opportunity to listen to some ladies, you know, talk about relationships and our uh, thoughts and ideals. Um, I'm going to give you a chance if you want to, to, uh, say your social medias, um, if you want and, uh, where they can find you. Um, so if you want to follow me personally <laughs> on Instagram, you can find me at Hancho, H-O-N-C-H-O-O-5. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Miss M-R-S-B, the S-C. And if you want to follow my business page on Instagram, you can you can just uh, type in press play counseling. And that was Shantae. And Chantelle, did you want to share anything or are you good? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm just a regular <laughs> <laughs> social media person. But I mean, if you're curious, uh, on Instagram, I'm Golden Child. That's Golden Child, C H Y L D 03. Um, and on Facebook, just Chantelle Williams. I don't do Twitter. I'm I'm not real big on all of the other stuff. So I understand. Mostly. I'm I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. But uh, so I you need guys to be know, um, my children. <laughs> you guys know you can find me on um Twitter is at IJMT Podcast. On Instagram is at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. You can find the show on most streaming platforms. Um, and like always, uh, thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here, and I appreciate you.